just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest 9th in Corvallis. Hi, I'm Matt Vaskersian with another little-known legend of sports. In 1941, America's leading newspapers regularly reported the amazing unbeaten streak of the Plainfield Teachers College football team. With star halfback Johnny Chung, by early November, there was talk of a bowl berth for the tiny upstart school. But in mid-November, Plainfield issued a press release announcing the cancellation of the remaining games on the team's schedule due to academic ineligibility on the part of several players. After investigating it, Time Magazine provided the answer about what was going on. Plainfield Teachers College was completely fictitious, and the football games that had been reported in those newspapers had been made up. It turns out the hoax had been the work of a group of New York stockbrokers who sent out phony press releases. Gullible newspaper editors fell for it, so years before the term had been used, a group of New York stockbrokers had created the first true fantasy football league. That's another little-known legend of sports. I'm Matt Vaskersian. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-989-8906 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-989-8906. That's 800-989-8906. What do you have to lose? Call 800-989-8906. Again, 800-989-8906. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22 23. But now the question is. USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. What? You know, portaled from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. It's just changed so radically, and we're all. And realignments. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back, and the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover, and we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Joe Beaver is. On 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody. It's been a long time, John. Nice to be back with you. Normally, you have me on with you when I'm on the road, but because of scheduling and the fact that I was kayaking and horseback riding through the trails in the Valley of the Sun over the weekend, Friday, I was not able to be on the show. 
Were you asking me about ninety three point seven because of issues, or just letting yeah, people? Yeah, no, know? we had a we had we did have problems with the pregame show yesterday for women's basketball. I heard. Mm-hmm. I got an email back uh, on my my main email, and we got a text. Hopefully, it's the same person, so we can knock it out. I just answered them back, but yeah, sorry, uh, waiting on a part, and we're waiting quite a long time. It's a it's a part that is kind of giving way, if you will, and every once in a while that happens. In fact, it's happened here during the Joe Beaver show. Like I wrote in the text, it it is thanks for your patience, but also um, it's um, it doesn't happen for too long a period of time. I think 10, 20 minutes tops usually, and uh, we are trying to fix it. So a couple of silver linings there, and then also um, if you're in Corvallis, ninety three seven FM is the signal, and it's really clear and sounds great in stereo. You can hear it. In stereo, 93.7 with our FM translator in Corvallis. In fact, you can listen to that anytime you want. And I say in Corvallis because FM translators are not full-on full FM frequencies, so the power is only good for the area, the town that you're in. And uh, you couldn't lose it. I can hear it here in Albany. But uh, anyway, that's the deal on that, and that's why I was asking you for the reminder before I put that out there in the text. I want to ask you, where did you go to a dude ranch or where did you do the horse riding? Because <laughs> I did that in Tucson. In Tucson, yeah. yes. Well, it's uh, the Saguaro Lake kind of stables. Were you in outside Tempe? of uh, the Phoenix area? Oh, okay. okay. About and very quickly out of Mesa and the you know out of Mesa essentially about twenty minutes, a half hour is all yeah. it takes yeah. to get out there. It was a really wonderful time and day. The weather had warmed up. The locals were saying that. We brought the warm weather and that they'd been experiencing for them a cold snap. Oh, yeah. They were talking about temperatures have gotten down into the 30s. <laughs> At night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we hit the mid-60s, and then Saturday, I spent the day in Tucson preparing for the broadcast that night, and it was 77 degrees nice. on the old Pueblo. Very interesting system in that. To get from, my family stayed in the Phoenix area. The team came down earlier so that I could frolic <clears throat> and play in the desert with my family who made the trip. They stayed in the Phoenix area, and I needed to bus down to Tucson yeah. or get to Tucson somehow. Yeah, The Flix bus, which people tell me is an amazing thing. I had never used the Flix bus before. Have you heard of it? I say Flix bus to you. And, oh, yeah. yeah, Flix it, bus, yeah. Is it, is I mean, it red? I, I can't remember what color it was. Because I, I don't know that I've ever... I mean, I've heard of these one-name buses that are catchy right. to give long rides for cheap. cheap yeah, amount. and they did. And they cheat long and cheap. Now, is this one nice. just it, for that area? Or well, you no, Flix buses, buses are everywhere, even in Europe, I think, too. Yeah. Or maybe they began in Europe and came here. I know nothing of the Flix bus world. I didn't until <laughs> this past uh, Friday night, when after the full day with family... The team had left hours before I took the, the a late Flix bus nonstop from uh, Phoenix, actually Tempe in the corner near a very interesting street corner off campus. I'd never been to that side of ASU's campus before, wherever that was. <clears throat> and I, we beheld the activities on the street corner. It was very interesting. There were street preachers with a megaphone. There were people on... Kind of what looked like a motorcycle gang of young people. Wow. People wandering around. I mean, 
It was a really strange. We just what's going on? Here? Was it also a hub for restaurants and shops? No, not really. It oh. was a ways. There was a. We went into a little store that was a little, I would say, on the seedy side. It just, <laughs> I didn't know that that world existed that close to kind of the other side of the ASU campus, wow. away from Desert Financial Arena and Sun Devil Stadium. I'm not even quite sure where I was when I boarded the Flex bus, but I did get on, headed down to Tucson. What a beautiful day it was in Tucson, getting ready for the game that night, which was not. A great experience. The state of Arizona has been just brutally difficult for the men's basketball team for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, the, the record is staggering when I when I think about that. I mean, I've only I've I've called two wins in the state of Arizona since I became the voice of the Beavers 24 years ago, one in Tempe and one in Tucson. But even going back prior to that, the last 30 years, the Beavers record in that state is now three wins and 57 losses. Yeah, I understand. I mean, that's just almost, I mean, you think about that and go, how is that even, uh, how can it be real? It can't but be. But everybody, and not, and a lot of it has to do with Arizona. That's what I was going to say. I was yes. going to say the, the one factor in the equation, yes. Arizona, but it should be a lot better versus Arizona State over the years. A lot of close losses in that building over the years. And anyway. That, that's like football versus USC. It, true. It really has been that kind of rough experience down there. And Coach Tinkle didn't hide from it at all in the postgame show. He used the phrase, we got woodshedded. And Mm -hmm. Arizona played at a high level. The Beavers, after, I think, competing pretty well in the Arizona State game for much of that game, had the lead at halftime. And even in the the Arizona game, the first 15 minutes, the Beavers were within hailing distance of Arizona. I saw... (laughs) I saw a tweet, which I don't look very often, delve deeply into that sphere, only because it feels as though there's a a lot of times good information and articles and so on you can find there. And so I go there. But I saw a tweet just kind of scrolling through quickly. I'm not even sure what the site was, whether it was an individual or whatever, but just something to the effect of I, I saw my name. You know how when you scroll... It's amazing. You can be quickly scrolling and mm-hmm. catch mm-hmm. as something goes quickly by. I saw uh, uh, Parker. Uh, uh, I thought, oh, I better see what. So the tweeter said something to the effect. <laughs> I was listening to Parker and we were down eight. I had to go inside and deal with something. Mm. And when I came back out, they were down 26. They got a ticket. What happened? Yeah. I what saw was that. it that he was doing? Got he had a ticket. He got, oh, he got pulled over. He got pulled over. I don't know if they got a warning. I hope I was. If you're listening now, whoever you are, Twitter, <laughs> I hope you weren't pulled over being distracted. I saw that tweet, too. By the game. But, I got pulled over. and went to, Yeah, I was, was listening so to Parker. Good. I got pulled over. We were down eight. When I was done dealing with it, we were down 26. That was funny. What happened? Now, yeah. I'm not now trying to mock that or laugh. I mean, no. it was not fun. It was no. a tough, tough trip and a tough experience. But when I ran it by Brian Jeffries before the game, the longtime broadcaster for Arizona, mm-hmm. He kind of went where you went in terms of, I, you know, because he asked, how are you guys doing? What's happening? We, you know, as broadcasters, we generally talk mm-hmm. with one another before games. The the radio guys will compare notes or whatever and help each other out mm-hmm. with pronunciations or question marks that we might have in our preparation. So Brian, who's been, I think, the voice of the Cats for 37 years. Yep. Great guy. I wrote tremendous to him before I ever got into radio. Because I were actually, no, I was working uh, in Portland. It was 91, 1991. 
and I was working with a guy who used to work with him. Mm. And he mm-hmm. said, oh, I, I know Brian real well. And so I wrote to him. He wrote back. Nice guy. And uh, I, it took years before I had a chance to meet him. He's a great guy. And it's good to know that he's still there. He's still there and still doing a great job. I, he's a nice person. We talked. And when I kind of ran by, I said, Brian, I haven't seen you know, much success in this house over the year. He said, well, you and everybody else essentially mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah, right. Arizona doesn't lose at home very often. No. And when it happens, Washington State got him. I said during the broadcast, the most astonishing score and result of the entire college basketball landscape this year, yeah, everywhere, might be the Cougars beating that team 74-61 to in McHale Center. And they were up 19 for most of the second half. It's unbelievable when they I think about by that. They won 13. How but... Arizona's really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Final four, good, I think. I mean, and I think they could go. Tabella, I said that too. And Tabellas goes off. Well, then Oregon routes him, but then gets routed by I him. know. And he goes for 27 first half points, 40 overall. Mm-hmm. And what did he get against the Beavers? 30. 19. Oh, 19. Okay. Only 19, but Only he didn't 19. play too many minutes. <laughs> so, all of that said. Are they still filling it? Yeah. No, they, they've had four. They had four consecutive sellouts. Yeah. They list their capacity in their official release as 14,644. Yeah. But the last four crowds have been 16,488. <laughs> so they've managed to get 44 more persons in. Reminds me a little bit of that blazer capacity. Yeah. For so yeah. many years, you could just 12666, yep. write it down. Every time. It eventually got to 12884 before they moved over. For to, years, to the Rose 12, Garden, six, six, six. twelve six six yeah. six. I didn't. I wanted to make inquiries and could have with my halftime guest Ashton Crawford, who used to work here, worked here for six years, went to Oregon State, worked as a student, and then three years as she embarked on her career. Now down in a fundraising Wildcat Club world in Tucson. Really enjoyed visiting with Ashton. I probably could have peppered her with, "How do you get forty four more in?" I will tell you this: <laughs> after all those years, I did. Try to kind of jog, run some stairs at McHale Center. It's it's tough. It's tough on the old on the old body, but uh, was able to get a little bit of work in in both Good. spots. Good for you. And in Tucson, I will say that maybe there are 44 people now who have decided that there are some seats in that place at the top of the building uh-huh. where if you sit in the seat, you see one third of the court. Really. And the rest of it is blocked off by a wall jutting out. I don't know if they sell those seats and people then try to watch a video board, but you can't even see that fully either. That's not unlike the old days of, of Gill Coliseum where they would sell seats behind the, the mm-hmm. iron mm-hmm. iron supports where you, right. you had partial view. So and, maybe, the, maybe they've gotten 44 people to bite on that. I did meet... Uh, Randy Wells, who lived at, some of you may know Randy. Randy came by to say hello, courtside, uh, the other night in Tucson. Uh, he lived here forever. Big Beaver fan forever. Finally, in a sense, struck the board and cried no more and moved to a sunnier climb in <laughs> Tucson, Arizona, as some people will do after. Yeah. I can't do it. I got to get somewhere warmer and comfortable for my health, for my yeah. mental health, physical yeah. health, whatever. So he's living down in Tucson now, and so he came to the game. He came by to say hello. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, you know, you got a ticket. I mean, everything sells out here. He goes, yeah, I got one of the last tickets. And I said, if you don't mind me asking, how much was it? If You just, you know, you yeah. don't have to tell me. <clears throat> yeah, I bought it directly through the ticket office, and he showed me. It was 70 bucks. Wow. 
they can get that. And he, it was like in the second level behind a concourse, but he got a seat by himself. Was it, it wasn't view? one of those obstructed view seats. No, <laughs> he had a decent seat. All of this to say it's good to be back home with you. It's good to be home this weekend for the Oregon State men's basketball games. Baseball starts next weekend. Mm -hmm. We were down in Mesa. We stayed right next to the Cubs spring training facility. So that kind of put us in a little, oh, there's the Cubs facility. And it was nice. Five minutes from Maddie's house. Yeah. Yeah. You know how life is, oh, Johnny. I did, if yeah. I if I had been by myself without all the oh, family yeah. activities that have been planned for me, <laughs> I would have reached out to Maddie and tried to see him and have lunch or just yeah. get updated. I would love to have done that. No, absolutely. <clears throat> and there's a, a lot of opportunity uh, because it's just a hub for for sports, for for Pac-12 sports. Well, Beaver baseball will be going down there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe uh, with a longer stay and all of that, I'll have a chance yeah. to say hello to him then. But I can see why this time of year, uh, it's a nice place to be. 77 degrees on February uh, 3rd, I believe it was, February 4th. But it's good to be home. I We have a couple of guests coming up today in the next hour. Open phones between now and then to, to touch on whatever you may want to touch on. If you didn't listen to the broadcast Saturday, watch the game perhaps, didn't listen I shared early in the broadcast and then later. So I shared this story twice. And I felt the second time I shared it, I felt like, ah, your name dropping again. Huh? I thought somebody might be accusing me of, of that. But I felt, John, it bore repeating yeah. because it was so unusual and I thought special. And I'll share it again here now because I know many listening to the Joe Beaver show probably didn't listen to the broadcast Saturday or were watching it. And if you listen to any snippets of the broadcast, you might have been pulled over for a ticket and missed some of the action, <laughs> whatever the case. Before the game, right before, about five minutes before I'm on the air, I see Ted Robinson, who worked the game with Matt Muehlbach, making a direct path towards me and then went behind me. We talked briefly about a couple of things. But then Ted went right behind me, and I saw, I just kind of fall. where's Ted going with such intent? Thought he was coming to see me at first, and yeah, that's nice. No, he's not. He's coming for somebody else, as always. So he <laughs> walking towards me, goes behind me, walks down the the little space between the first row of seats and the press row, like mm-hmm. we have at Gill and everywhere. That little space there, right, right? And he goes up and shake hands, and I'm about to go on the air, and I don't have time really to do much else, but. As Ted turned away and came back down, I just said, Dad, who was that you were talking to? Oh, it's Terry Francona. Of Terry Francona, nice. former Arizona Wildcat, great manager of the Cleveland Guardians. And he was within 20 feet of where wow. I was broadcasting. So you know me. I didn't waylay him. I didn't <laughs> go that far. What's your cell number, Terry? Want to get you on yeah. the Joe Beaver show? I sense, though, that had I asked, he might have said, he might have given it to me. Sure. Just how nice and amiable he well, was. And the OSU Stephen Kwan can. Well, that's. That's the only reason I would not have approached him if we didn't have that. Yeah. I, even though I've always respected him, yeah. always admired him. Remember his father, Tito. They call Terry Francona Tito because Terry's father was named Tito and Francona. And you remember his father? Probably? Yeah. In fact, I almost said to him, 363. <laughs> hey, Terry, 363. 
And he might have, you know, might have been a Jack Snow kind of moment, December 17th, 1967. His father's home run? Totals? No, his father hit, I'm, and I'm saying this off the top of my head, baseball card knowledge. I've not looked it up to verify. Mm-hmm. Brooks Hatch might know this. Dave and Tumwater might have that number. Somehow it's in certain numbers when you read them as a young person, mm-hmm. stay with you. That's what Danny Ainge uh, said, and by the way, the broadcaster is coming up. Dr. Julie Rousseau, the analyst on both women's games this weekend. Rich Burke, the play-by-play person on both women's games this weekend. They are our guests coming up in the noon hour. And we'll talk. There's a lot of things to talk about with both coming at it from different perspectives and angles yeah. and a lot of things to get into with Rich, including his work with Bill Shonley when Bill was on St. Helena uh, also known as the Portland Beavers baseball team in <laughs> exile. In a sense, he, Rich worked with Bill yes. in a couple of years in Portland Beavers broadcast when Rich, when Bill had been unceremoniously let go by right, the Blazers. Right. And Rich worked alongside Bill, and Rich says he owes a lot to Bill on a lot of levels. So we'll talk a little bit about that with Rich, Danny too. Ainge. Danny Ainge, talking about impressions. Numbers make impressions. Mm-hmm. You see things as a kid, you go, wow, 714. Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs. Cy Young won 511 games. I think things have been adjusted. Maybe Cyrus won 512. I'm not sure, but 511, 511, 714, 100 for Wilt, mm-hmm. 50.4 for mm-hmm. Wilt. Numbers kind of stay with you. Mm-hmm. And so... I think 1863 was a number, Jim Brown, the number of rushing yards for Brown in a 12-game season that was finally broken by O.J. with Buffalo. Numbers that you see early in your life as a sports fan stay with you. Ainge said that he and his brothers would play ball out in their driveway or mm-hmm. wherever and sink shots and say Rip City. and <laughs> They had all, bingo, bango, bongo. They had the Shanley expressions, and Ainge told Gary Eggers, the impressions that are made upon you when you're a kid growing yep. up stay with you for a lifetime. Yep. So that's a nice tribute by Danny that he shared with Kerry recently. 363, I believe, without looking, I haven't looked, I should verify, I could be wrong. <laughs> wrong about most things, and I may be wrong about this, <laughs> but I believe that Terry Francona, Tito Francona, hit 363 one season. And if I would have said to Terry, just walked up to him and said, hi, 363, he would, he, I think he would have come back with my dad's batting average in <laughs> 1964 or whatever. Now, why didn't you do that? Well, because I had the quant angle. The only other thing I would have, <laughs> I would have gone with a 363 angle if it weren't for walking up to him and saying, Skipper, it's. It's an honor to meet you. I, I do the radio for Oregon State. I call games when Stephen Kwan was playing, and I just want to thank you for what you're, how you're working with him. He, he's a, a favorite son for us back in Corvallis, and I just wanted to shake your hand and uh, introduce myself and tell you how much we love Stephen Kwan and how much you've loved him and talked so well about him. Nice to meet you, Skip. He goes, I love Stephen Kwan. And he is a better person than he is baseball player, and he's a great baseball player. That wow. was Francona's response nice. to my sidling up to him and sharing. And then he took it a step further, which tells me all I need to know about Terry Francona. Yeah. He then said, what's your name again? 
Mike Parker. He said, I'm going to text Stephen right now and tell him I just talked to him. Oh, nice. And I saw him pull out his phone and start to do it. Nice. Now, that's a nice person. He, that's he, a thoughtful person. He might have joined you. He might have. The problem, I, know, yeah. I know that feeling of not wanting to bother someone mm-hmm. or reading the room. You just, you eh, should right. I, shouldn't I? That's a, that's a read the room moment. Yeah. And uh, I know you are good. I'm, we're both very good at reading rooms. But sometimes even us can be challenged <laughs> at, eh, eh, I'm not sure. Right. I'm not sure on this one. I just thought that spoke volumes about everything and Stephen primarily, but that Terry would go out of his way to talk about he's a better person yeah. than, than he is baseball player and he's a great baseball player is a wonderful thing to say well, about anybody. It tells us that Stephen's very well liked in the locker room. Right. And that's huge. It is. And had he left it at that. But to take it that next step, mm-hmm. who, what's your name again? I'm going to text him and tell him I just talked to you. Like, I almost felt like saying, well, that's not going to mean that much to him. <laughs> I mean, it means a lot to me. Thank well, you, Skip. Well, it will because you and I just did We just a did podcast a podcast with him. With him. It hasn't yeah. played yet. Where right. It's in the can for when we can't be here at the same time. Right. But uh, And it was great, by the way. You're going to really enjoy you it. You will enjoy the Quan podcast um, when it pops. But, yeah, yeah. he'll have your, your you on his mind from that. Isn't that nice, though? I mean, it's oh, just it's great. A, it speaks a lot about Terry, who who has always been revered by his players, whether in Boston or Cleveland. Yeah. People playing for Terry Francona love him, and I can see why in that briefest of exchanges. Yeah, and it, it's so fun to be courtside to do something, and then something like that happens when there's someone famous in the mm-hmm. in the in the building, and that it's even topped off by if there's an opportunity to get to meet them. And uh, that that's great. My daughter found a photograph that I, in, speaking of courtside, when I turned around one night many years ago and Craig was the coach, and some of the Hollywood uh, folks would come out to Beaver UCLA games because mm. of their you know connection yeah. with the guy in uh, the Green Mile who ends up you know the the, the kind of the mystical John Henry Johnson or I can't remember oh, the, his the name. Younger, the, um, the African, the strong, guy. The, no, the strong, the guy who has visions and can heal people mm. and heal somebody. Oh, the actor? In the actor, the Green Mile. Oh, that I think, actor. I think he's passed. He has. Yeah. But the name eludes me. He was at the game. He was at the game and talking to Craig before the game. And then I turned around and looked, and I didn't meet him, but I looked, I looked behind me, and there is Red, also known as Kurtwood Smith. <laughs> From the '70s show, <laughs> and because oh, I saw him remember, because Matthew and I went to that, that game. game. Yeah, we, you were at that game. We drove too, down and, as a family to go to Disneyland, and I said, "Hey, you want to go over and catch the Beaver game at UCLA?" And Kareem and AC were there yes, that night yes. too. Yes, and, and together I, we got a chance to meet Bill Walton, my son. Yes, Matthew and I got a picture taken with AC. Nice. And so that uh, was a big night. That was at, a huge at, night. At, at, at you know Pauly. who else was there? Was um, I want to say. I can't remember his name, but he was in, he's friends with Jim Rome and he's, uh, he was in the movie, the rat race. He was in that mm-hmm. movie, the rat race and a couple mm-hmm. of other things. He's been on the family guy show. Okay. And, stuff. and he was there too. He was there. <laughs> yeah. He cool. was there. I remember seeing him too. That was a big night. That was a big night, a star studded night, but Kurtwood Smith right behind me. And I, I don't know the 70 show that well. I've seen a few yeah. episodes, what I was able to say to Kurtwood Smith, and I, I did, I said, well, because my f- daughters and family all love the show. I said, hey, you know, I hate to ask you this, but do you mind taking a picture with me so I can send it to my family? We love your show, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, oh yeah, yeah. And so I had took a picture with him, 
But I was able to say, I know everybody loves you from the seven, that 70s show. I said, but I thought you were great. I didn't like you, but you were so great in Dead Poet Society. And your performance in that was spectacular. It's nice to meet you, sir. Yeah. And he goes, I, he said, yeah, everybody hated me in that one. But thank <laughs> you for remembering. He was the hard, hard-nosed father. And, yeah. and I no spoiler alert, yeah. most of you either have seen it or you won't see it. But he's the dad of a guy who ends up having an unfortunate end in Dead Poets Society. <laughs> He uh, he was there, and when we yeah. came down to see you, I was like, I know that guy. Who's that guy? <laughs> you told me what his name was. So, yes, the star-studded night at Polly. I also did say near the end of the broadcast, we'll go to a break. If there's anything you want to share relative to the weekend, wrestling, gymnastics, women's hoops, men's hoops, beaver baseball coming up, anything you want to jump in with, we'll have open phones the rest of this hour, a couple of special guests next hour. We'd love to hear from you. But... Just recounting that experience for a moment, Kareem and AC there together. You saw them that night, you and Maddie there, star-studded crowd. I said near the end of the broadcast, coming up next week, the L.A. schools in town, the Beavers and UCLA Thursday, then USC Saturday, and I caught myself and said, you know, that's a phrase I'm not going to share too many more times in the future, and that saddens me. Yeah, that's The L.A. schools. Next year will be the last, right? Yes, it, and maybe they won't. It'll, they won't come here from the Ever. rotation. No, no, I, I know. I don't know what you know the what rotation I mean? I don't know is how that year. works. Right. If they do it every year, or if they know in advance, right. it might be that you make a trip there, but they don't right. come back. It's here. possible. I don't know what it is. I don't quite know what the rotation yeah. is. But it, it it is further underscored for me in that moment the sadness of. That phrase. Well, we got the LA schools coming up this week. We just we've been glibly saying that forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the LA school. Yeah, they go to the LA school. The LA schools are coming. Won't be saying it much often in the days ahead. It's the benefit of being in a conference. Yeah. And it's it's one thing that drew me to college sports as a kid because I remember as a kid knowing only pro sports, and we're talking eight, nine, ten years old. Only pro sports. You're seeing all these NFL things uh, at stadiums on on Sunday, only one or two games a week. And then Monday Night Football is a big deal. I remember feeling cheated as a nine-year-old in Portland, Oregon, thinking, well, we don't have anything like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know much at all about college sports. Mm -hmm. So my brother goes off to college, and he went down the road. Mm -hmm. He sent me back a postcard of Autzen Stadium, Mm -hmm. and it was a you know, a filled stadium, whatever, whenever they took the picture. This was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Which, if it was filled, it must have been for a Civil War. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. They didn't of sell course. out very often. Of course. But I just remember thinking, what, we have this in our state? Right. Because it looked like an NFL stadium. Yeah, yeah. As a nine-year-old, I was thinking it was big mm-hmm. time. Then as I started to watch and learn about sports and college sports, and then it came, of course, came down here two years in a row for Ralph Miller basketball camp, and, uh, and then got mm-hmm. locked, locked in with Beaver Sports. Just this idea you, you, that you can go to this game, this one big game we watch mm-hmm. every January 1st. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a second. The Beavers can go to this thing? Now, this was... Yeah, they, sure. They had, they had been there 10 years earlier. Right. I didn't know because I didn't mm-hmm. know the history yet. There was no mm-hmm. internet, and I was 10 years old. <laughs> and I just thought, okay, I'm in. I'm in because it's what we have. We don't have the NFL. Right. So the next best thing would be college sports and big stadiums and an, a, a chance to play on, on whatever network we, we got back then to play in this thing called the Rose bowl. Right. 
No, and that can ins- that inspired you to start getting into the yeah. collegiate scene. Yeah. Let's take a break, Doc. Uh, if anybody wants to jump in, I want during the break to verify 363, and I may and I'm, I may be wrong, and thus I'm glad I went with the Stephen Kwan. A texter says you are correct. Okay. Does he have the year? Yes. What year? When we come okay. back. Okay. So I. That's a baseball card memory, as is things like Norm Cash. Cash in 61, Norm Cash hit 361. And in 61, Roger hit 61. Mm. So numbers like that, you see as a kid, you're 7 or 8. Oh, my gosh, 714, 511. 363, what (laughs) happened that year? 361. These stay with you as Ainge talks about the things that make impression upon you when you're a kid. Stay with you forever. So I'm glad a texter confirmed 363. Open phones down the rest of this half hour with uh, special guest broadcasters, Dr. Julie Rousseau, a professor at USC, Rich Burke on many things, including his relationship with Bill. All of that coming up on 1240 Joe Radio. If you or someone you know need dependable medical transportation, Gap Patient Services is family-owned and operated, offering safe and reliable non-emergency medical transportation in Lynn and Benton counties. Gap Patient Services operates 24-7 and offers wheelchair and ambulatory transport short and long distances, and much more. Gap riders also enjoy every seventh ride free. Terms and conditions apply. Call Gap Patient Services at 541-250-7797 or visit Gap tra.com ensure your vehicle is ready for any road conditions at Beggs tire and wheel in albany the Beggs philoma store has closed but the albany Beggs tire and wheel location is open to serve all of their valued philomath area customers and the rest of the mid valley Beggs in albany looks forward to serving you and keeping you safe on the road get your tires wheels tire services and repairs at Beggs tire and wheel the valley's premier source for cooper Falcon, BF Goodrich, and Toyo brand tires on Pacific Boulevard in Albany and online at BeggsTire.com. Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as Blue Pine TG, Shiplap Pine, and S4S Dimensional Pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Hey everyone, Pacific Brick Espresso located off of Pacific Boulevard in Albany by Browers Bookstore and a new location off of Highway 99 in Tangent next to Riverland Rentals invites you to experience their quaint little drive through coffee shops with their comforting drinks and welcoming conversations. Open 5.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 8 a.m. 12.30 p.m. on Saturday. Pacific Perk Espresso, family owned and family friendly all day long. What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, 
Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of Saniam Highway for you to take a test drive. I think you do both. And for more information, go to MyPowerHonda.com. That's MyPowerHonda.com. I'll tell you. Huh? Thank you. Please do. I'll tell you. In fact, I'll tell you right now. Okay, so thank you. Continue here on the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, this came for you, and the book came for me. So take a look at this. You want to trade? No, I'm joking. Ball. Thank you. It's a baseball, still in the plastic. Oh, my gosh. Portland Beavers. Rod, I remember giving these away. Rod Bardell. Do you know a Rod Bardell? Anyway, he stopped by. I saw him Thank come you, in when TJ and I were on the air on Friday. And he left me a book, a really cool-looking book, uh, Undaunted Courage, Meriwether Lewis, yes. Thomas Jefferson, and the Opening of the American West. And uh, I really look forward to this book. And then he brought this for you. He said, the baseball is a memento from Portland Beavers who paired up with the Forest Service in 1991. I would, I would have been here for this event when you received this baseball rod. Smoky Bear is on it. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And <clears throat> if I may, for just a moment, with Rod being kind enough to give you that book. The have you ever had the pleasure of reading Stephen Ambrose's Undaunted Courage, <laughs> Dave Pash? <laughs> have you heard of that book? Oh, yeah. I've not read it, though. I've not had the pleasure. Has Walton said that oh, before? Oh, yeah. Walton, <laughs> I get <laughs> he, he brings it up every time he comes to the Beaver State. Undaunted Courage? Oh, yeah, he brings that book up a lot. Really? And oh, he should. I didn't know that. Have you ever had... <laughs> have you ever read a book? He'll sometimes say to Dave, do you know what a book is? <laughs> but you have in your hands yeah. there a classic. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's had a lot of readings. Tumwater, if you're around, where do you put Undaunted Courage in the list of books oh, yeah. about... Lewis and Clark and the Oregon Trail. Dave, Dave, know, where Dave are you? Dave is the expert on Lewis and so Clark. So if you think that, I mean, is that the standard? I walked by somebody at poolside in Tucson reading a biography of Winston Churchill, the last lion, William Manchester. I asked, how is that? She said, I like it. Have you seen The Crown was her next question. I said, well... <laughs> Yes. And she said, I, the, the crown watching that made me interested in British history. And I'm reading about the great Winston Churchill. She oh. said a woman about my age. So pretty young. I learned <laughs> but she appeared to be in her sixties. So last night while doing a YouTube thing, watching with Kim, I watched this George Washington thing. He was retired for eight years before he came back to be the president. The first go around. Yeah. And then Kim says, Oh, same thing with Winston Churchill. He was retired. And then came back to be prime minister. He got a second run at prime minister. Wasn't necessarily retired, but they called upon him in their hour of need and peril. When things were going poorly and Churchill had been the only one with any insight in the 30s to say, hey, you know what's going on in Germany ain't necessarily a good thing. And we got to keep an eye on the policy of appeasement and all of the things that Churchill was railing against. Yeah. When the truth hit and reality hit Churchill had the knowledge, the insight, the wisdom, the leadership ability, the oratorical ability, the perfect man at the perfect time in the world to help save the Western world. Before we go to the phones, because of the T's, what year was 363? So I'm glad, Texter, 
Tell me who the texter was who confirmed. Mark Rom. Mark, thank you. That Tito Francona hit 363 one year. In? I do not. I, I guessed. I'm going to say 1962. No, 1959. So it was 59. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's on a baseball card that I saw yeah. in my youth. What? How does this good ball player, but somewhat, but I'm not even sure if it was a full season 363. Can you help me with that, Mark? The bat at bats. Is it one of those weird 363s where he maybe only has 450 at bats, that kind of thing? Yeah. I need to know, and I want to know before the day is over. Now, Doug and Dave. Doug and Dave up in the booth sang Terry Cashman, referring to the Montreal Expos, I think. He's talking baseball. Yes. Doug and Dave up in the booth. I'm not even sure who the mm-hmm. Doug was. Dave, I think, might have been Niehaus. Baseball. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Cashman version of the Expos. Na, 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 na. Or is it Dick and Dave up in the booth? Doug and Dave. I can't remember. But let's go to um, Doug in Salem with Dave on deck. Doug, thank you for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I thought I was in trouble a week ago. We kept talking, talking about a Doug from Salem. I didn't realize you were looking for a place to eat near Elsinore. The second half <laughs> we found one. We found one, and it was great. La Margarita. Uh, yeah, I, I was amazed how many people from Salem are listening to your show. That's a good sign. I was grateful anyway, for that. Um, and grateful I, I, for I, all I, the information. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, and... Um, I listened to your show about Dan Nason website, you know, the collective. And um, so I got on their website and I wandered around there for a while. And I, I saw that you can actually fork in some money. And I, I, I took the lowest part, the bronze part, and I actually put in a little bit of money for for the collective. I hope I, the FBI doesn't get after us because uh, it used to be collectives only Soviet Union, you know, farms or something <laughs> like that. So. <laughs> You're you're right. The connotations for that word aren't always, uh, you know, always positive. But in this case, it certainly is. And thank you for your contribution there. John told me, and Doug, I'll ask Johnny here real quick. As Doug said, he made a contribution to the collective. Johnny, I heard you had a great time with Anthony and Kyle the other day. Is that accurate? Oh, yes. Anthony was great, and he did a great job cutting the commercial, which has been running and was was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Kyle explained the whole thing and how it worked. Mm-hmm. Five billboards are going up. I, I see them. They have got three already. Mm-hmm. One of them is just down the road from Watson Stadium. That's perfectly placed. Good work, Kyle, and really excited about that. Doug, anything else? Well, one thing you might kind of it's going to be a taxi thing here in the future, um, and that is the uh, relatively high prices for football season tickets. I got on the Never website and kind of was wandering around. But, the seating charts and um, the the, web, the prices are really high. They're like twelve hundred, you know, and, and then eighteen hundred for you know fairly good seats and either your mainline seats for the uh, the stadium. And uh, this is on the older, what is now the older uh, east side. But on the west side, the, the ticket prices are really high. And I've been talking about this a little bit. My Beaver Beaver booster buddies and. This people are not not too happy. I mean, the prices are really really high. And Nick Dyfield, he's talked about a little bit about it. He said there's going to be some sticker shock, and just the price has really gone up quite quickly. And I, and I guess I don't I don't know if the Ducks have these kind of prices or not, but 
Beaver Nation's not used to these kind of high prices. It's just a t- you know, it's, it's going to be a problem maybe in the next couple of months when they're trying to sell season tickets. I just, I just brought that up for you guys to bounce around. Yes, Doug, I appreciate that. And we'll get Sarah Elcano on to speak to price points and, and those things. Yeah, I, it, it, and this is the where, and this is where we certainly can be. And, and Dave, our next caller, will <laughs> will remind us perhaps and has over the years. John, because you and I live in the media world and get, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. a credential and don't venture down the road of buying tickets that often, the sticker shock thing that we don't get affected by that as much and therefore may not have as much of a feel for what Doug just brought up. And yeah. so, Doug, I appreciate you bringing that up, and we will bring it up with Sarah and try sure. to get a sense of as they set price points, as they canvas opinion, we'll ca- try to get a little bit of a feel for how things were arrived at and why from her. I can't speak to it right now. I do know that historically, historically, Doug, as you know, ticket prices are based on, in a sense, what you can get, yeah. what people are willing to pay. So that the cheapest Super Bowl ticket for this week is what? Like, uh, well, it was 4,000. 4,600, yeah, I believe. Yeah, 4,600 at the beginning of the whole thing and, and then went up from there. But you're not, you know, I, I understand, Doug, to your concerns. But uh, we will ask Sarah. That's the best we can do with that. Anything else, Doug? No, that's fine. All I right. haven't gotten in too much trouble this week, I guess. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Thanks for calling and calling anytime. Uh, let's go to Dave up north. Mike had to step out for a brief second to catch something that is. We do that every once in a while. One guy takes over when the other has to actually. I've got doctor's appointments and things like that that come in that you go, i, I got to get this one. So anyway, you're back. Dave, 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 Dave thank show. you for the call. And, and the only reason I brought up the ticket price is willing to, you know, the $70 ticket, the guy was willing to pay it to go see the Beavers in Arizona Saturday night, uh, Randy Wells in Tucson. But I, the, to, to contrast that, in Tempe Thursday night, an old friend came to the game. I said, oh, I could have left you a ticket. He goes, ah, that's okay. It was only 7 bucks. <laughs> so he paid $7 for a ticket to see the Beavers in Arizona State in a seat somewhat similar down the road in Tucson. They asked for and got 70 for the same type of seat. It's what what the market will bear, right, Dave, when it comes to these matters. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, and I, uh, Mike, and I, I called in to talk about the, the historiography of the Lewis and Clark expedition mm-hmm. if, if we want to turn off radios all across Lynn and Benton <laughs> <laughs> No, I, want, I do want, we want it, since I'm looking at a copy of Undaunted Courage, Stephen Ambrose, which was gifted to John, a very thoughtful, generous gift. We'll get to that in a second. But the ticket, I mean, are, are, do you have any comment to what Doug just said about tickets for football? No, not really. I, I was just more curious about your comment about how numbers kind of stick in the mind of mm-hmm. youthful people and they and, and their durability. So that that I was prepared to talk okay. about. But uh, one thing, uh, and Dave, or, and or Lewis and Clark, sure. not not specifically okay. about okay. the price of the ticket. Dave, let me just insert this because the timing is perfect, and I know you guys are going, and it's hard to find that <laughs> crease. Um, Single-game tickets are on sale for Beaver Baseball as of a couple of hours ago. Oh, okay. Very good. Single-game tickets for Beaver Baseball available now as of uh, this morning. Yeah. So anyway, Dave, yeah, yeah so numbers, that, that prompted the call, and then Lewis and Clark. What about the numbers thing first? Do you have any that sort of stuck in your head early on? 
I do, Mike, and they come right to the top of mind, and they overlap with your quick list in no particular order of importance. Wilts 100. Mm-hmm. Joe DiMaggio, 56. Yes. UCLA's 88-game <laughs> win streak. Uh-huh. The number, the, the, the twin number of 60 and 61. Mm-hmm. Here's the funny thing. Now, this might be a generational deal. I, I can I, I can relate at length the whole 60 and 61. I could not for the life of you tell me, and I don't even think I remember Judge's home run total for last year, but for the life, I know I could not relate what Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa got with their home runs, which tells you, gentlemen, how meaningless those numbers are as compared to the numbers, 60-61, that they nominally eclipsed. So I'll just lay that out there uh, mm-hmm. for one observation. I have a couple others. Um, 64, <laughs> Jerry Kramer, Green no. Bay Packers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 1967 for the poor Toronto Maple Leafs. All these years they've been in kind of the, the North American version of Siberia. <laughs> Haven't won a, a Stanley Cup since. And that 67, just that number just it simply has to bring on great doses of anxiety, remorse, and regret to do a hendiatrist like Bill Walton was fond of doing. <laughs> Which reminds me, Mike, before I go any farther, yes. if I were to send, if I were to mail you copies of my Lewis and Clark book and Captain Cook book, yes. will they arrive in time for you to give them to Bill Absolutely. That's a great later in the month. Dave, that's a great idea. Write an inscription to the big fella, too, with maybe your contact information in the inscription, and I bet he will reference both in the broadcast if he, ha- if he has a chance to. So please, yeah, send those our way, and I will make sure Bill gets a copy of each. Okay, I'll, I'll get okay. the address from you offline separately. So, um, so, um, uh, see, we, oh, Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Stephen, I've met Stephen Ambrose, great guy, very generous with his money, and he made a lot of it with mm-hmm. undaunted courage. Um, what His book is generally conceived, perceived as being kind of the, because it was so wildly popular, mm-hmm. and so many people have read it, that's now perceived as kind of the, 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 the main narrative arc of the Lewis and Clark story. But it, it's uh, but there are a couple others, and I'm not going to mention mine because mine's a very minor contribution, and that's even being generous. But two other books stand out: Jim Ronda's Lewis and Clark Among the Indians, because that began to shift the Lewis and Clark dialogue a little bit to what the side of the story looks like from the river bank, as opposed mm-hmm. to being out in the canoes in the river. Mm-hmm. And then John Logan Allen's Passage Through the Garden. That book is actually. The the, the the grand arc of the Lewis and Clark story as as has come down and, and and including Ambrose's latter day interpretation the 25th anniversary of his book was just last year John Logan Allen's uh, passage through the garden is really kind of the standard treatment of the Lewis and Clark story. Okay, thank you so much for that, Dave. I hate to even bring this up, but I'm going to, so I don't hate it that much, I guess. But that is, what did Ambrose get in a little trouble with late? Uh, were there charges of plagiarism for one of his, not, not undaunted courage, but for something else or something along those lines? 
Stephen became so successful as an author that he was frequently a commentator on national news broadcasts if there was some significant event that was transpiring somewhere around the world. And his publisher, uh, dare I say, goaded him into more productivity Mm -hmm. than he was capable of generating himself as Mm -hmm. an individual scholar. So he hired teams of researchers, and they are the ones that that were a little less than fully scrupulous with the citation of sources. So I guess you could say Stephen was ultimately responsible, but it was really uh, his, his, uh, his, his publishers tried to urge him into greater productivity than he might otherwise okay. have been individually capable of. That was the source of his difficulty. Gotcha. Uh, I think it involved a book he did on the Union Pacific Railroad, first I... transcontinental line. Thank you, Dave, for everything. Please get those books our way. Go on hold here, and John, off the air, I'll give you our mailing address here. Okay? Is that all right? Okay. Okay, so That's we'll fun. put put uh, Dave on hold. Talk to him, please, off the air, Johnny, while I visit with John in Tigard. John in Tigard on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, Mike. Thank you for the call, man. Say, so, hey, I just want to let you guys know, so last Monday on the 30th, I was traveling to Washington, D.C. My agency I worked for is in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, get the Wi-Fi on the plane. Trying to watch a movie. Um, it didn't work bullet train. It kept buffering. So I said, hey, I'll try to try tune in. So I got to listen to you guys for two hours um, on my four-hour and 30-minute <laughs> flight. Um, 30,000 feet in the air. So I nice. uh, just wanted to thank you guys. I wasn't able to call in. Sorry about that. But, <laughs> um, uh, just want to let you know um, it passed the time. Michael Chaplin is on the way. I remember mean, we're huge Beaver fans, all sports. Uh, mm-hmm. I've talked to you before. Our son works for the football team. He does uh, does uh, video, game video. And he's actually had breakfast with you, Mike, a few times uh, up in the press box a few times. So, But, uh, um, but anyway, I just want to let you know that this a you know, four and a half hour flight there. Uh, that two hours just made it go by. Wow, go by fast, and uh, it was great listening to you guys at thirty thousand feet. So. That is really yeah. great to hear, yeah. John. Thank you for sharing that with us. We appreciate it. What's your son's name again? Is he still with us? His name's Andrew. Andrew, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a freshman. Andrew Roderick, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. Kinda. Okay, the guy. He's uh, yeah, he, he sat by you a few times on the bus. He's traveled with the team. Oh yeah, times. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I know. Of course, with Vegas. And, Good. Good. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, he's he's always enjoyed talking to you. So, did so, you go to but, Oregon State, John? So, but anyway, hey, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I want to go ahead. I'm did you go to Did you go to Oregon State? <clears throat> I did. Yes, okay. I did. Gotcha. I, did. I was a I was an older than average student. I graduated uh, graduated back in '94. I graduated high school in '82. Uh, mm-hmm. Was in the Navy for 11 years. Was active and reserve, and then uh, worked in the woods down in Roseburg. Grew up in Winston Roseburg, so um, uh, familiar with the Palomalos. I uh, grew up with the Palomalos, and then. Um, but, uh, I decided to have some friends go to college and kind of did the same thing as me. So I was 30 years old and I graduated from Oregon State, but, uh, it was a great time and I love it there. And both, both my sons, our oldest sons, my oldest sons, a senior there at Oregon State too. So Excellent. But, uh, Thank you for the call, John, for sharing that story. We appreciate it. Well, you're you. welcome, man. My pleasure, Thank man. You. Go beach. Let's take a break to the top, John. No, Please. just go to the top. Are you sure? Yeah. We're, we're okay. That's going to be a hellacious second hour, but. <laughs> Can you slide any in the top at noon on the top? Uh, yeah. Okay. So that twelve oh, we although we do have you know, we do have a twelve oh five with Doctor uh, Julie Rousseau. If we take three from normal size breaks. Okay, we'll do what we can in the second hour to make up an accommodation. But we do have a minute left. Got some decks. Couple of nineteen fifty nine. How many at bats in that year? That's what I'm concerned with. <laughs> 
Somebody writes in, this This looks good. I still have a 60-year-old ball glove with Tito Francona's name on it. <laughs> nice. Did he have an etched name? In oh, the, he, was, he was good enough to have his own model glove, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, tell Doug it's called <laughs> Supply and Demand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, I... I understand. Willing to pay it. I understand, Doug, and others may be, oh, wow, that's a, I get it. <laughs> but he may then say, well, okay, here's the check. I, I mean, I, you know, I, we, that's an old, old story, is, waiting, it not, is it not? <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life as a consumer to see something price themselves out of business, and it hasn't happened. <laughs> I'll never forget going to a movie. I think it might have been Star Wars, whatever it was, at the yeah. Westgate Theater in Beaverton, circa, I don't know, 1979, saying, if it ever gets to $5 for a movie I'm ticket, never going to go to a movie go. again. And now they're like 12 or whatever it is. That's cheap. What else do you got? Anything else, Tito, uh, Francona, the glove? Uh, uh, the, the guy that just called <clears throat> had a text on it, so I'm glad he called okay. to get more info in. Uh, okay. I'll chip in on football ticket prices. I've opposed the rebuilding of the West Side since it first came up for this very reason. Oh. We've had a block family. We're yeah. done in eight seconds. Yeah. Uh, family tickets on the West Side since 1990s. Now I guess we'll be moving to the South End Zone with smaller stadiums. Yeah, I got you. I hear you. Okay, See you next hour. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. No yolk, egg prices have finally begun to decline. The wholesale price of a dozen eggs in the Midwest market dropped by 58 cents to 3.29 a dozen at the end of January. Again, that's wholesale prices, which should bring a bit of relief at supermarkets soon. But the days of $1.50 a dozen eggs may not return anytime as farms continue to deal with the quick lethal spread of avian flu and higher costs for transportation and labor. Bracing for a further slump in PC demand, Dell Technologies will join the ranks of other tech companies slashing jobs as the computer maker will cut more than 6,600 positions or 5% of its workforce. Bloomberg News says Dell told employees current conditions will continue to erode with an uncertain future. Shares of Dell are down 2.8% today. Stocks are lower overall. The indexes have the Dow Industrials down 54 points. They had been higher briefly. The S&P is down 25 points, and the NASDAQ Composite now lower by 108. That's your money now. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4223. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. <sighs> For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS. Summer with all of its events and parties is on the way. Call Forks and Corks today and make your reservation. 
Large or small, Forks and Quirks Catering will make your event spectacular. From sit-down dinners to buffets or delicious bites, they'll work with you to choose a menu based on taste and budget. Forks and Quirks will ensure an enjoyable experience for you and your guests. A spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Quirks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. At family-owned and operated Lifetime Gutters, they have over 20 years of experience in providing exceptional gutter services to a wide range of commercial and residential properties in the Willamette Valley, including gutter installation, cleaning, maintenance, and moss treatment. At Lifetime Gutters, they set the standard in guaranteed quality craftsmanship and back it with a lifetime warranty. To learn more or request a quote, contact Lifetime Gutters today at 541-360-0145 or visit their website at lifetime-gutters.com. The Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies, including Safeco Insurance. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, or Tom Worth. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call 541-757-1315 or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. The Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to better your eye position when putting. The ideal putter path approaches the ball slightly from the inside, travels along the target line at impact, then returns to the inside on the follow-through. A perfect putting setup, as with your full swing, encourages the correct path with your putter. Make sure your whole body, feet, knees, hips, and shoulders are aligned square to your target line, especially your forearms. If your forearms are open or closed, they directly affect the putter's path. Do this. Set your eyes one inch inside the target line, not directly over it. To check this, place an old compact disc on the ground, shiny side up, and place the ball in the middle. Find your eyes in the reflection, and then adjust your setup until your eyes are where you want them. So remember, use an old CD to help place your eyes slightly inside your target line, and you'll be listening to a lot more putts dropping. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. Testing, testing, one, two, three, four. In these contentious times... Sir, you've asked a simple-minded question. I will give you an equally simple-minded answer. We invite you to escape for the next couple of hours into the world of The Joe Beaver Show with your hosts, John Warren and Mike Parker, and occasionally, Doug Blair. All right, men, we're not here to sell lemonade. We're here to practice. No one breaks it down any better. Old Indian game. 
It's called, uh, put the ball in the hole. So what are these little arrows? Let Joe Beaver be your guide into the bold new world of technology. Oh, radio. That's going to break down a lot of walls. Yes? The door is wide open. Recreation time, gentlemen. So come on in. Be a part of the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the Beavers, 1240 Joe Radio. We head into our second hour. Mike Parker with John Warren. We have a couple of uh, special guests coming up this hour. The first is a person I've never had the pleasure of speaking with before. Dr. Julie Rousseau, who worked both broadcasts this past weekend on the OSU women's basketball games against the Mountain Schools with our good friend Rich Burke, who will join us at 1230 to talk not only about the basketball games, but the wrestling meet and upcoming gymnastics meet and all of the things that Rich has done in his accomplished broadcasting career. And there's so many things we look forward to talking to our first guest this hour, Dr. Julie Rousseau, about. But since the guests are juxtaposed here, I begin with, if it's okay with uh, Julie, Dr. Rousseau, doctorate in philosophy at Arizona State. It's just fun to be able to say, because I don't think I've ever said that about a guest on the Joe Beaver Show, a doctorate in philosophy, and she's working as a sports uh, analyst on the Pac-12 networks in the coaching world for 25 years, now a professor, an adjunct professor at USC, having grown up in Los Angeles, now the Associate Athletic Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at USC in her native land. So... There's so many things to talk about here, but I start with uh, Julie's leave about Rich Burke, whom she worked with over the weekend. Dr. Rousseau, thank you for the time. Rich tells me that your very first foray into commentating on television was with him quite a few years ago in a game featuring Arizona State and Washington. Is that accurate? Do you remember when you got the broadcasting thing going? That is definitely accurate, and I was... So nervous. All I remember is being nervous. We had to record the opening um, take about five times, and I believe Rich was like, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Well, he's a true pro, as you know, and you work together these games. We'll jump right into the games now and explore some of the other things that have happened in your fascinating career. But first things first. You coached, uh, you were nine years the head coach at Pepperdine. You assisted the great Tara Vanderveer at Stanford in, in some tremendous seasons, recruited Candace Wiggins and Candace Parker, among others, and coached them. So you know the game at a very high level. We've seen tremendous success with Scott Ruick and the Beavers at Oregon State, and it feels like perhaps it looks like, it sounds like to me, Julie, a bit of a transition time for Scott trying to build that up again. What, what did you see in the games over the weekend that kind of stood out to you about where the Beavers are in this process? Well, I think they're moving in a great direction, quite honestly. I mean, as you pointed out, there is always a transition period. And uh, when you look at the roster that's loaded, five freshmen, three sophomores, two juniors, and just one uh, senior, um, you know, that's that's sometimes a recipe for the transition, uh, the transition happening a lot longer uh, than you might anticipate or even want. Um, and so I think that, that they are in transition, but I, I don't think the season 
you know, Scott definitely is not throwing up his hands and saying, hey, the, the season is maybe our, our aspirations of making it to the tournament are over. Um, they've still got six games to, to, to really turn some things around. But, but obviously that, that, that it's a lot slower, I think, than he wanted and anticipated. But I do think that the pieces are there. Uh, they've got a great young core. But they also have some, some upperclassmen who can really, I think, help make um, make it easier, an uh, easier transition for those freshmen especially. Dr. Russo, in your travels around the league and, and watching and following this league for as many years as you have, it, you know, it, it was always it's always Stanford. And then there's a few mm-hmm. outliers, Oregon back in 2000, many, many years ago, even though I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, Oregon State, you know, for, for this last decade has been very good. But now we're seeing Colorado and Utah. I mean, how a good top to bottom is this conference. It must be the best conference in the country it, with top to bottom. Uh, now that you're adding now, Arizona state under Charlie and she's gone and that's dropped a little bit, but, but Arizona's back up again. I mean, the fluctuation of the power in this league is amazing. These last 20 years, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. It's, you know, it's the, the conference of champions. And I think it holds true. Um, you know, I don't have in front of me exactly the rankings or the power rankings, but typically the Pac-12 is always uh, at the top of, of those rankings. And I think it's intentional. Uh, one, it starts with coaches, right? You have some of the best coaches in the country. Oftentimes when we've interviewed um, coaches, they automatically, I mean almost unsolicited, say, hey, the other coach, they're going to have their team ready. They're a great coach. They're really tact- their, their tactics are great. They, they're going to be well-prepared. So you know that when you're in this conference that you, you have to come in with some knowledge um, and an ability to really run your program because you know that it's going to be competitive night in, night out. I mean, literally yesterday, you beat Stanford at Stanford. And so, you know, that's just an indication of the parity that exists. And I think a lot of that also speaks to um, the talent. You, know, you have some wonderful student athletes. These women are coming in across the nation, across the world, who are coming in knowing that they want to be in this conference, they want to play against the best. And so I think that speaks to the parity you see. Um, you know, thinking about Coach Payne and, and Coach Roberts, it, it, it's not overnight success. You know, these, these women have worked hard to build this program for years. And the one thing I can attest to that I, I believe I can say about most of the schools, administratively, those schools are um, supporting their coaches and they're in it for the long haul and not just for kind of a flash in the pan, so to speak. Dr. Julie Rousseau joining us, worked with Rich Burke on both telecasts this past weekend with the Mountain Schools. Here's where I get a little nervous about every, every program in the country, uh, Dr. Rousseau, and that is... The core, the young roster that you just alluded to was Scott. Should he be, should any coach be sanguine, optimistic about keeping a roster together in the era that we're in with so much activity yes. in the portal, et cetera? I mean, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you view that whole thing going on right now and what Scott and all coaches are dealing with and trying to kind of coach a roster up through the years? Now, that's definitely been uh, a point of contention and concern, and it should be. Um, but I think that um, for the most part, student athletes, this is what I used to say when I was recruiting anyone. First of all, I know nothing about another school because I don't, I don't coach there. I don't work there. But I think if you're really true to you know, what you're doing for your program, 
um, you know, the type of, of student athletes that, that you, you, you know, you want to coach and develop. If you stay true to that, that's the only thing that you can rest your head, you know, and go to sleep at night, knowing that I'm creating a culture that is supportive of the full humanity of every student athlete that I come to, that, that comes here. But to worry now on, you know, I, I, you do worry about it. There's no doubt about it, the transfer portal. But you just try to do the best you can in terms of um, creating a space where these student athletes can really grow both on the court and off the court uh, into, you know, wonderful women. And I tell you one thing that helps. Um, it, it is the fan base, right? We know how important that is. But uh, I think that we've got each coach has to rest on this is who we stand for. This is the culture that we've created. And I think if it's a solid culture, most student athletes aren't going to just jump and leap um, for the next best kind of go um, team. I think it's happening more so um, with the um, with the upperclassmen as opposed to freshmen. So, um, you know, I, I know that's always a concern, but, but hopefully it, that kind of um, impulse will die down uh, over the next coming you know, years. But do you think that coaches need to adjust themselves even if they don't need to? In other words, they now are a little bit shy about being harsh when they <laughs> used to be, and, and they love their kids. Let's say they've been doing this for years. They love their players. Mm-hmm. They, they, they talk them up when they feel they need it, but when they need, you know, a, a couple of pushes, <laughs> verbal pushes, whatever, right. in practice, yeah. are they going to now start to question themselves? I mean, just this idea that something can, can tweak something enough that you now have to walk on eggshells for lack of a better phrase or term right. around your own players that you recruited. I, I hate that idea. Oh, I do hate it as well. I, I, I totally agree with you. I hate the fact that because, you know, um, we all know that everything is not going to be peaches and roses all the time, but I do think it comes down to how you approach um, adversity, how you work with your student athletes through it. And, and I think we all know that, that it's not just the student athlete that you're, 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 um, you're coaching. It's also the family um, because they're coming in with uh, the support that their family has given them their entire lives. And so I think the one area that, um, you know, if I were still coaching, that would be uh, an area that I would focus on is how's my relationship with the family um, and, and that we are working together to help guide and develop their child. Um, and so to your point, yeah, that's human nature. We're going to think twice because we know that the likely that there is an option for them to leave. But I think that just like any parent or any family, you know, when you're trying to do what's right and you talk it through and, and hopefully that, that will prevail. But um, it's a concern, but I don't think it can, it can envelop you so much that you stop being who you are. Um, I think that there's ways in which coaches can always improve themselves. And you know, one of the best ways that coaches can improve themselves is they can have better relationships with their student athletes. It's taking care of themselves. Um, and, and so because we are better, we're going to be a better coach, a better um, you know, advocate for them if we're also taking care of ourselves so that some of the ways we may, we, we, we have more patience, right? We, we have a way to, uh, to better control the situation as opposed to being stressed out and uh, maybe saying something that, uh, in a way that, that might be, um, be harmful. Last couple of things with Dr. Julie Russo, Associate Athletic Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at USC. 
our own Howard Kroom, who's in that space at Oregon State, great young man whom we've had on the show several times. We really, I heard you guys got together uh, over the weekend in your visit to Corvallis. I hope that conversation went well. You and Howard and other and every school in the Pac-12, Dr. Russo, is trying to make a difference in that world. How does that look at USC? Uh, well, first of all, Howard Kroom, yes, he is a, a great colleague. So are all the other DEI officers on each campus. And I just want to give a shout-out to the Pac-12, one of the first conferences that mandated that every institution has a DEI officer. And so uh, we get together on a biweekly um, basis. Um, where um, uh, Kashan Lockett, who oversees the Pac-12, um, and, and he orchestrates meetings to make sure that we're all aware and abreast of some of the concerns that are happening around the conference. Um, but Hal Kroom also was at USC. He, he worked here as an academic advisor, and so he and I have known each other since then. But, yeah, it's a great conversation anytime we can talk about DEI work. It's a very challenging um, space, but it's one that's necessary. And here at USC, we do a lot of education, both with our student athletes and our staff. Kind of what I talked about earlier in terms of the relationship, the symbiotic relationship that coaches and student athletes have with one another. Um, so, too, are the staff that work very closely with our students. So we do educational content. We also have uh, eight affinity groups that we support, um, uh, minoritized um, group members within the athletic department. And we're growing every single year uh, to improve that. But main thing is um, we, we have what we call the hub, here you belong. And that's something that we want to make sure that each one of our student athletes and staff members feel um, that they have a space, safe spaces to kind of discuss um, issues that might be sensitive or important to them. Um, this year, uh, for the first time, we are actually – um, hosting the Black Student Athlete Summit that will take place in May. This is uh, the sixth or seventh year of the summit, started at the University of Texas, and we will have um, probably close to a thousand or more student athletes and staff members um, here on our campus at USC during May 21st to 24th. So we're excited about that. We're excited about all the Heritage Months and, and celebrations that we're doing throughout the year. But most importantly, just making sure that um, we're hearing the voice of our student athletes and our staff members who occupy some of those spaces that we have our affinity groups. After hearing you say all of that, I wish you would go to the powers that be and beg them to keep USC and UCLA in our Pac-12 conference. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, there's well, just you the... Know, I... <laughs> you understand? I, I hear you on yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, last couple of things, and that is... Uh, and congratulations on all of the work going on there, Dr. Russo. And thank you. And Howard's doing a great job here at Oregon State in, in that realm. And, and we wish you yeah. all well and continuing in that important pursuit. I have two things. One is coaching for Tara Vanderveer. And I mentioned how you were involved in the recruitment of the, the legends and Candace Parker and Candace Wiggins. And that's a ways back. We're going 20 years back or so now. How, how do you feel about <laughs> It, when you run into Tara now, is she the same? Do you think her, with respect to John's question, her approach and the way she coaches and teaches looks pretty similar in 2023 as it might have in 2003? No, I, 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 I'm not as involved, obviously, as, as I was as an assistant coach, but I would say probably as close to the same. And that's to my point earlier. You have to be who you are, right? And I think that, obviously, Tara has established a great culture. And, 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 and student athletes want to go there. They, they, play, they want to play for her. And so I think that um, with that being said, 
one of the biggest um, characteristics that Tara has and possesses is she's always evolving. And I think you go back to greats like Pat Summit. She always evolved. You know, you, there, there are numerous um, documentaries really hard. And at one point, her coaches weren't, her players weren't responding. And she changed mm-hmm. how she coached. And so I think everything, you know, change is probably the one thing that we can always know that's going to happen. And so I say, when I think about Tara not being uh, intimately involved in the program, but watching from afar, she evolved. And that's why I think that she continues to stay successful. Okay. And then the final thing is we close with Oregon State. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on you or leave people out. But when you look at that young roster and you look at the, the young players and, and even it just what stand, is there a player or two you're really intrigued by the upside, the years that are ahead under coach Rook and the program, just your thoughts about the personnel proper, I guess, as we close with our fans excited about what's ahead the rest of this year and down the road. Well, I, I, I don't think, I think everybody would say the freshman class is pretty phenomenal. I mean, it really is. And uh, there's a lot of upside there. It's funny, uh, on Friday night, uh, I was at shoot-around for uh, Oregon State, and, um, and, and, and Gardner stayed a little later to, 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 have, to get some shots up. And you can just tell, you know, she, she, she wants it. She really wants to be great. And um, fast forward to Sunday before the game, during warm-ups, she had a pep in her step and a little more smiles that, that I could see. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then lo and behold, she's in the starting lineup. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to keep a player of her caliber out, obviously, the start, starting lineup. You know, she had injuries early on, and, and so now she's getting back in. And so even when you a player that dominant, and, and so I guess to your question, it's going to be to me a gardener, mm-hmm. but a player that dominant and so gifted, you got to make room for her, right? And so I think – it was a combination of Sunday's game where you're making an adjustment to the, 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 the starting lineup. The rotation is now a little off. Mm-hmm. What the team was used to before, it, it takes time to get used to. Even you think it's a small adjustment, but it's not. And so now people's playing time is different. When they're getting substituted in, it's different. And so, you know, I just think about what Coach Rook said at the end of Friday's game, and I'll end with this. He said that it's time, it's this time of the year, you know, as a coach, you say that these freshmen are now sophomores, right? And so he said, we've got to move beyond the Bs against Stanford, the 37 minutes against Arizona, the second half of Utah. Mm-hmm. And it's time to be those Bs. It's time to be those Bs during those times where they showed and proved themselves. And I think it's in them. Um, this week's practice will be important as they continue to get um, comfortable with the new lineup. And so hopefully with six games left, I think that um, you'll see some of that improvement uh, played out on the floor. Dr. Julie Rousseau, our guest. Thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you. I hope we can do it again. Thanks for taking time for us. We appreciate it. Appreciate you as well. And by the way, it's Dr. J because Dr. Rousseau is my mother's name, so we try to differentiate the two. (laughs) Okay, yeah, Dr. J. Sorry about that. I'll remember that for next time. Thank you, Dr. J. Good talking to you. Julie Rousseau, our guest. Let's break. Rich Burke still to come, who worked alongside Dr. J this past weekend. We'll come back with Rich in a bit. We've got a, some quick business to take care of. Then Rich, then another break, then another, as we get caught up on 1240 Joe Radio. This year, Valentine's Day is going to be even bigger at Qdoba. 
On February 14th, get a free entree with the purchase of another entree of equal or greater value. Show your kindness by buying an entree and gifting one to a friend. Plus, Qdoba is giving out other treats throughout the week to celebrate Random Acts of Kindness Week. Qdoba is making the world a more flavorful place. Are you? Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time, so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest 9th in Corvallis. Equipped from front to rear with industry-leading, easy-to-use features, Kubota B-Series tractors are the total package. With high horsepower and excellent durability and implements that easily attach and detach, Kubota B-Series tractors can do anything in any season. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beeves. Hey, everyone. If you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell, like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 Five eight eight two four five. Edward Jones, number SIPC. Are we going uh, break and then? Yeah, call? we're going to break. We're going to do a quick bit of business and then break and come back with Rich Burke on a number of things, including he's got Beaver baseball games coming up soon. He has gymnastics coming up soon. He did wrestling last night and both basketball games over the weekend at Gill. Uh, CVB says Taya Corsdale, significant contributor for Duke, why did she leave? Uh, I don't know, but I can say that circumstantial injury out, what do you do, looking at things coming back, and then, you know, whatever the kid's decision-making process is, we don't know. The only one that was a mystery, and it it made sense, was Sasha Goforth, because she was here, and then she left. It's like, what, what, you know, in the midst of other big names leaving, and that was disappointing, but we find out it was to get closer to home, I think she put a year in with Arkansas before finally it came out physically. I don't know what her ailment was, but she couldn't play the game anymore. 
And so it made sense that she played one more year close to home to try to make it work, and then it didn't. And that one makes total sense. But on all of these, you know, somebody asked us last week, why did Omar Spates leave? Well, for money. There was a better opportunity somewhere to get better money. And especially in, in you know, uh, NIL for, for football, maybe I guess all the sports, they're putting together stuff where you can offer players more money. We're in this new world now. It's not like the old world where we used to be. So there's no mystery. Why'd they leave? Well, follow the money. Follow the money. Um, yes, twelve forty is is down. There's I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know. I, I I can't explain it anymore. We got a piece of equipment that's breaking, and it's up to management to get it fixed. That's all I can say. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> follow up to a, a price thing and, and mm-hmm. getting priced out of a of a yeah. thing that's never happened. Uh, Orange one says that the Avatar sequel. And the Ant-Man sequel cost $17 to watch at a Regal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe I that. I wouldn't pay yeah. that. No, well, yes, you you will. Because you said you would never pay if it ever went over 5 bucks. But I you guarantee have. you I won't uh, pay $17. I'm going to follow and, you the rest of your life and see if that's true. Yes, and the reason why, one of the reasons why, <laughs> is because you can see it at home. I now. know. That is true. I and, don't know. You'd think they would yeah. be lowering prices. I know. To try to get you in. We saw a matinee on Saturday 80 for Brady, uh, which is hilarious. And it only cost five bucks at the Regal here in Albany. Five bucks for that? Yeah. Was it worth it? No, I'm sorry. I've seen, yes, the, I've seen the ads. Great cast. What now? Yeah. Well, I've seen the, the, the trailers Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and give me the others Rita Moreno. Okay. And Sally Field. That's a good, that's a power quartet right there. Tom Brady is the and film Gronk okay. have cameos. Is Gron- Who's the better actor of the two? Well, Gronk had one line, and he looked like a dork. <laughs> I mean, in a good way. It's okay. like, oh, man. 80 uh, for Brady, Gronk yeah. Gronk actually I... wasn't bad. He... It, but the film made you laugh? It was all Yeah, right? it was cute. I would yeah. give it... Uh, Did Kim uh, like it? I'd give it a six and a half. That's the most important question. Yes. Kim liked it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Five bucks. See now, seven bucks to go see a Pac-12 basketball game. Arizona State and Oregon State. That's that pretty good surprised deal. me. It's funny. Down the road, it's funny you bring that up because uh, the day after that game on the show, I was commenting to TJ. I said, you know, in my trips down there and in all these years, I've never seen the upper level of Wells Fargo, whatever it is now, Desert Financial, Desert now. Financial, mm-hmm. with people up there. I know. I've never seen it. At least certainly not. In the James Harden era, when I was heyday, there. you know, yeah. Herb Sundeck, and they had, but they he had said a few that crowds was, in that uh, range. That uh, they had a whole, the whole football team was required to go. Required? Well, I don't know about required. <laughs> See, look at you hanging on to one word. It was. Well, it that, was that's a, the key word in what you just said. It was a coach's. <laughs> encouragement? Uh, encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I guess that uh, that's happening all over campus now into that in that new program. Okay. Of all right, let's go support everybody. Yeah. Because we are a school that cares about everybody. Well, before you transfer I, out, there, sure there you're isn't, going there isn't a more a better yeah. example of school of of sports where they support each other than I I, I know than Oregon State. That's no, a great. Yeah. It's and a they're tremendous not required. There's no a, requirement. There's no set. It's been going on for since you and I've been here. Yeah. Let's break, Doc, and we'll come back with uh, Rich Burke. On many things, and one of the things I'm looking forward to talking to Rich about is those years in exile, in a sense, for the great Bill Shonley. And Rich, though, was right alongside of him traveling 
in the Pacific Coast League. Bill was doing road games really? in the PCL, traveling all about in 99 and 2000. And eventually, this young broadcaster, Rich Burke, was champing at the bit to do more games. And Bill knew that he could successfully pass. He'd been hired by Marshall Glickman mm-hmm. for the Portland Beavers. Pretty good money. So Bill wanted to give them their money's worth. And he worked and he worked. And he he's on buses and the, the planes, the commercial flights, to distant cities. In his seven. And, yeah, and trying to do these games. And eventually, Rich ended up getting to do them. And it helped launch his, his broader and greater career. And he's given Bill a lot of credit for that. So Rich will join us. We'll touch on wrestling, basketball, and other things next on 1240 Joe Radio. Line drive punt. Anthony Gould makes the catch at the 20. Comes up a seam to the 30. And Anthony Gould is on his way. Hey, Beaver Nation. This is All-American wide receiver Anthony Gould. I commit every day to getting better both in the classroom, on the field, and by giving back to the community. You can support all Beaver student-athletes and teams by committing to Damn Nation Collective, the preferred collective of OSU Athletics, by assisting as we prepare for our futures. To commit today, go to damnnationcollective.com. Always remember, speed wins. Go Beavs. 10-5 and in. Anthony Gould, touchdown Beavers on the punt return. Hey, gentlemen. The Growler Cafe is taking orders now for their Valentine's Day takeout dinner for two packages so you can bring dinner to her. Simply go to growlercafe.com. That's growlercafe.com and order dinner for two. Do it now because the packages are limited. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Don't miss live music this weekend at the Landing at Tallman Brewing from 6 to 8 p.m. On Friday night, hear the indie rock sound of Bonnie Kyle live. And on Saturday, hear live music from Joe Woosley. On Saturday, Tallman Brewing hosts a pancake breakfast benefiting Lebanon High School baseball from 7.30 to 11 a.m. Tallman Brewing features amazing food and unique Pacific Northwest craft beer, wine, cider, and entertainment with 30 taps and up to 10 food trucks. Tallman Brewing on the corner of Airport Road in Primrose Street right off Main in Lebanon. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be Ah, the RV life. Carefree living at its best. Find everything you need for worry-free RV living at Lassen RV Parts and Service. At Lassen RV, you can talk to experts who will see to it that you have the right solution for your RV. We carry everything right down to the special RV-approved two-ply toilet paper. Lassen RV and Lassen RV Parts and Service, where friends send their friends. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany and at LassenRV.com going to Arizona. Uh, I don't blame him. It was 78 degrees in Tucson. Rich Burke knows of Tucson. We did some shows down there together. On the old Pueblo? On the old Pueblo. <laughs> We've done, we, Rich and I have, have had some wonderful shared experiences through the years down there, elsewhere. And in fact, we watched together, Rich, let's, let's just jump right in there as we talk to Rich Burke about many things. 
Did we not watch together the Saturday night semifinals of the Final Four in 2001? You and I together in Tucson when the Sun Devils, I mean, uh, Arizona advanced to the title game? Was it 01 or was it 97? Well, I think it might have been 01. You're going to have to be more of an expert on your own. 97, would you have gone down to spring training? Yes, yes. We, oh, okay. Yes, Mike, we've been to spring training together more than once. Yes, yes. So that might have been um, 97, but yeah, it probably was 97. We watched one of those games together yes, when the Wildcats won that, it. That Arizona won. Yep, gotcha. Good to have you on, Rich. So many things to touch base with you on, including our chance to get to meet Dr. J, as she called herself, Dr. J, Julie Rousseau. And what a delightful person and very bright, I would dare say, too. How, what was it like working with her this past weekend? <laughs> Uh, she's great, and it was a reunion of sorts because we had worked together nine years ago. It was an Arizona State at Washington game in January of 2014, and uh, she was uh, making her broadcasting debut that day. And she, she said been, uh, she was very nervous, she told us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, um, she was, uh, but she did well that day, mm-hmm. uh, especially for her first go. And um, she's she's done it off and on since while uh, while getting her master's degree and and uh, also becoming uh, a professor at at uh, USC and um, yeah she's she's uh, she was uh, pretty good for the first go but but much better now and really knows the sport well and she's just uh, she's a sweet person yeah that that came through clearly Rich I'll ask you before we venture into some other things. I'm curious to know, you saw both games this weekend. You saw the brilliant rally against Utah. That, I thought, would propel the Beavers into a pretty good look at a win yesterday, and it just felt like a game where they they weren't really, they slogged the entire time trying to stay in it, get in it. That surprised me a bit, but we were talking earlier, this league is a challenge every weekend, Rich. I mean, how good is the league right now? And I think we must have seen an example of the mountain schools have risen up. Yes, they have. The balance of power hasn't shifted entirely east, but it has tipped a little bit that way, Um, but with Utah and Colorado. And you're right. The league is just so much better. People might be asking, well, what's wrong with Oregon State? Well, part of it is that the league is so good. And we interviewed Scott Rook at halftime last night. He said, at some point, you've got to credit the other team. Colorado in the first half yesterday was just so good. And uh, look at what Washington did. Um, you know, uh, Washington uh, had, had uh, done uh, shot lights out, and they beat Oregon State uh, in Corvallis three weeks ago. Well, that, that loss isn't looking so bad right now because they beat Stanford, the number two-ranked team in the country, yesterday. And uh, it, the whole league is good. It's a buzzsaw every night. And, uh, and I really think Oregon State has the pieces to be good. I said on the air yesterday, I, I quoted my, my favorite musical, Hamilton. I said that uh, the, the Divas are a powder keg ready to explode. Um, they, all the pieces are there. Um, I could see this team putting it together, getting into the tournament, and making a run. Or maybe it doesn't happen till next year. But they have a lot of talent on that team, and they got the guy at the helm who knows how to bring it together. It just hasn't quite happened yet. You're going to quote Hamilton. You got to rhyme at least. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I know the first four or five pieces by heart. I could break into them right now, but then you guys have to pay all these ASCAP fees, and I don't want you to have to do that. Well, that's good. That's good. Hey, Rich, uh, 
I'm glad you talked about this year and not necessarily saying, well, clearly, because I use the word transition year <laughs> with uh, Dr. J. And she said, yeah, maybe, but she still thinks with Tamia Gardner being integrated into the starting lineup, and that poses, maybe that posed a bit of a challenge yesterday, trying to make adjustments along those lines. She, like you, thinks there's plenty of talent on hand now while she's sanguine about the future next year and beyond if you can keep the core together. She still thinks they could make some noise this year. Have you seen enough? Was that run in the second half against Utah enough to convince you that, yeah, that, that's possible? Yes, absolutely. And and uh, the, the games that I've watched them play on TV, yes, I, I know. I mean, they were... Look at the, they were there in the final possession against, uh, against Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the same thing as Utah. Those are two top 10 teams in the country. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I know we don't operate in life and in sports on could haves, but they could have easily beaten both those teams. And then we'd be having a different conversation right now. The Beavers are good. The record doesn't show it, but they're good. Glad to hear it. You put it that way, Rich. It was a busy weekend. You had two games. On the women's side and wrestling last night, how did that go? What uh, what what kind of signs have you seen? Where are the Beavers in the season and, and national championship contenders? That type of thing and the overall team. What are you seeing there, Rich? Well, I, I, Chris Pendleton has them on the rise. Last year they finished twelfth in the country, which was their best finish in nine years. Um, they have a, a couple of wrestlers this year who. Uh, you could see in the quarterfinals or beyond at the NCAAs, Brandon Kaler at, at 125 and uh, Trey Munoz at, uh, at at 184. I could see those guys um, making deep runs. Um, uh, Matt Olguin won by Tech Fall uh, yesterday. Um, he might be undersold a little bit at, at rank number 19 in the country. Um, Isaiah Crosby's coming on strongly. Uh, Mateo almost, uh, suffered a loss yesterday. Uh, but he's, he got off to kind of a, a slow start to the season because of uh, some unfortunate things that happened with his family, but, but, uh, he's starting to put it together. Um, so yes, um, I, I, I know Chris Pelton wants, um, to get, uh, some of the weight classes stronger over the next couple of years. Um, but it's heading in the right direction. How was the crowd last night, especially when it was 17-16? <laughs> the crowd was good. It's always good there. Uh, there's a core fan base to the Oregon State Wrestling Program that's excellent. And uh, it wasn't a crowd they had four weeks before that. I, I, I also called the one against Oklahoma State when mm-hmm. when uh, they, they, they put the mat on the stage. And um, there were 6,000 people there. Uh, that was incredible, but last night was good too. And, and when it got to 17 to 16, there was a, it, it, we pretty much knew that it would take a major upset for Oregon state to win the duel because, uh, the last bout Colton Schultz of Arizona state is an Olympic gold medal, hopeful and Greco Greco Roman wrestling. And, and, uh, we knew he was heavily favored over JJ Dixon. Um, so, while it was seventeen sixteen and it came down to the to the last match, um, it it would have been a stunning upset had JJ Dixon won and and he fought hard but ended up getting pinned. Uh, the key bout was um, when almost lost in overtime at one seventy four, the seventh bout of the night to to Kale Valencia. Um, Kale, by the way, his first name C A E L. Um, and that's uh, after Kale Sanderson, the, the, the famed wrestler who went 159 and 0 in his collegiate career. 
Um, and uh, but Kale's brothers, Zahid and Anthony, both wrestled at Arizona State. And Zahid himself is an uh, Olympic medal hopeful who won two NCAA championships for the Sun Devils. So uh, while while Kale is a uh, he's a third year freshman and um, doesn't have the accolades that his brothers have yet, he's uh, trending that direction. Uh, and I think Olmos was a slight favorite last night. Um, but when Valencia won, that pretty much sealed the duel for, for ASU unless uh, Dixon was able to pull off that stunning upset three bouts later. Rich Burke joining us, and you can simply hear just in Rich comfortably re, uh, <clears throat> kind of re-engaging us with some of the numbers and storylines around last night's meet that he does fulfill in every broadcast he does. Rob Nyer, the commissioner of the West Coast League and prolific baseball writer, has said of Rich, the most prepared broadcaster he's ever seen. And, Rich, I, I agree with Rob on that, and I commend you on it. But with this sport, and you were telling me earlier, with this sport and others that you've become uh, an expert announcer in, it took some deep dives and research and work and asking questions and studying because you didn't really grow up around the culture of wrestling per se. So tell us a little bit about your process in becoming, becoming somewhat learned about what you go about in trying to call a match. I think somewhat learned is uh, uh, that's an appropriate way to put it. I by no means call myself a wrestling expert. Most of the matches I've done, I've done with an analyst who knows the sport really well, and I've learned from them uh, just enough to be dangerous. Uh, and, And the last couple of matches I've called, it's worked out that I've called them alone. And so uh, there's many things about what the wrestlers are trying to do that, that I don't know that the analyst would, but at that point, it's my job to say what I do know. And, and, uh, explain the simple things like a takedown and an escape and a reversal and um, a stalling warning and such. Uh, but more important than that, it's to tell the stories on the athlete and to, and to give a grander perspective of where they stand on a national scale. And, and if they do have a chance to, to make a deep run at the, at the NCAAs, who would be in their way? And uh, so I, I, I can tell those stories. I, I can tell the story about Tanner Harvey at 197, who Chris Pendleton calls the, the most interesting man in the world. He's a <laughs> husband. He's a father. He's a scuba diver. He's a, he's a pilot. He knows exotic animals. He's out picking, picking up uh, rocks off the ground because they interest him. Mm-hmm. That's Tanner Harvey, 25 years old. And, and so I can tell those stories um, while people see what's going on on the mat. So uh, some of the intricacies of what they're trying to do in the holds, uh, no, I don't know that. I'm not an expert, but I feel like I can make up for that by, by doling out stories on, on um, what this means to them. Well said, Rich. And it kind of gets to your, your career in the Pac-12 networks, and we've talked to you about these matters before, has led you to be able, has helped launch you and to be able to be part of Olympics coverage in the sport of swimming. And you've done that, yeah. volleyball and soccer. That's what I love, the fact you're doing all these Olympic wrestling. sports. Rich, you, you did not come from a foundation growing up in Southern California, participating in and knowing all of these things. So we'll get to Bill Shonley in a moment, because in a sense, your time with him helped, you've said in your own various stories I've read, helped launch you into an area where you're, your whole experience has been broadened. We'll get to Bill in a moment, but is that accurate? You, the Pac-12 networks and so on has given you 
the opportunity to learn these things. Yes, they have. Um, and, and as I've explained to you guys before, I'm, I'm, <laughs> man, I'm the luckiest guy around because um, there's, there's lots of people who could do some of these things. Um, and uh, I just happen to be located driving distance to, <laughs> to three schools uh, within the network's footprint. And as I think Ann Shops and I are the only two um, that are uh, that that can make that claim, um, and uh, uh, and I haven't calling a lot of sports. Um, it just it's provided so many opportunities. But my the first real sport that I that I had to learn that I didn't know anything about was volleyball, and so I developed a process for that that is carried over into the other sports. And and uh, just in brief, I'll get a couple of broadcasts where people tell me, hey, these announcers know what they're doing, and I'll, I'll watch them, and I'll stop it every 15 seconds, mm-hmm. like with a fine-tooth comb. Anything I hear, I'll, if, if I don't know what the rule is or what that term means or something specific about a particular athlete, I'll, just, I'll stop it and I'll write it down, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll have questions. And then by the time I go through like two telecasts with this fine-tooth comb, I end up with this 15-page single-space word doc and I go back and I look, and most of the questions I had on the first four or five pages have been answered hmm. just by going through that process and, and watching and paying close attention. And then, at that point, I'm um, you know just barely smart enough to have an intelligent conversation with an expert. Mm-hmm. So I'll call somebody I know and, and uh, say, hey, what does this mean? What does that mean? And at that point, um, I know just enough to be able to go on the air and get us in and out of breaks and have the analyst um, uh, handle most of the heavy lifting of the sport itself. And so I did that with volleyball, and now I've done more than 100 volleyball telecasts. And, and uh, you know, by, I'd say by, by 20 telecasts in, I knew the sport fairly well, and, and, and by 50 I knew it even better. And, again, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert in the sense of those people that bleed it, that are there mm-hmm. every day. But I feel like I I know volleyball fairly well, right. uh, so yeah. Same thing with gymnastics. Same thing with wrestling, uh, swimming and diving. I love this year will be my 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 tenth year of the um, Pac-12 swimming and diving championships. So it's been a fun process, and and I'm I'm lucky to get the chance. So happy for you, Rich. Good for you. In Three Lives of Thomasina, one of my favorite Disney movies as a child, the locals when the new vet shows up in the community. They look askance at his book learning. Yeah, he doesn't really know the animal. <laughs> book learning. I'm going to say to you, video learning. But the book learned uh, vet does great things in Three Lives of Thomasina, an underrated film in the Disney body of work. So I close with this. <laughs> I close with this. Your thoughts about the late, great Bill Shonley. You spent, <laughs> I, I call it the years in exile in the sense that he was not with the Blazers but you were with him when Marshall brought him in. Tell us what those times were like when you and he, alongside each other, traveling together occasionally, Portland Beavers baseball, a little-known chapter sort of in his life that Kerry Eggers drew out a little bit. What were those times like with, with the great man, Bill Shonley, for you? They were, <laughs> they were really memorable. And, and, and just let me take you back a little bit before then, um, a decade or so before then when – um, I moved up uh, from Southern California to, to go to college up here. And, and uh, sorry, have to apologize. I grew up a Laker fan. 
but I came up here, and in, in those runs the Blazers made, 89, 90, 91, right around there, Bill Shomley single-handedly turned me into uh, a Blazer fan, uh, just because um, there are there have been few broadcasters uh, in in the in the annals of what we do who were as good at capturing the dramatic moments mm-hmm. as uh, Bill Shomley was, and he turned me into a, a Blazer fan. So fast forward, and, and it's 2001, and he's been let go by a previous regime of the Trailblazers, previous to the one we have now. Um, and, um, so a couple of former Blazers executives hire him to, uh, do the play by play for the Portland Beavers. And the very first night, Tucson, April the 5th, 2001, we're down there for the opening night. And Ricky Henderson, by the way, led off for the Portland. He was the first batter in the history of that incarnation of the Beavers wow. franchise. And, uh, but we're getting ready to go on the air and I look over and Bill's, Hands are shaking. <laughs> he was nervous. Wow! And I don't say this is a bad thing. Right. And we, 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 he his, he opened up the the broadcast, and as people will remember, the ballpark was sponsored by PGE. It was PGE Park. Mm-hmm. Well, Bill in this, um, in the first couple of sentences, referred to it as Fred Meyer Park. Mm-hmm. Fred Meyer was another big sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking. This man who's done so much, who's so revered by this community, who's such an icon in broadcasting, if he can be nervous and he can make a mistake like that, <laughs> it's okay for me to do that. Right. And it was like it, it humanized him. Mm-hmm. And, and it almost made everything he had done to that point even greater. Uh, it, I don't know. It, it was just it, it was an incredible moment. And then working with him, I really learned – the broadcast location at the ballpark, as you might remember, was out. It, we didn't have a booth. We were like on a press row, mm-hmm. as they might have at an NBA game. That was by design because the people that built the ballpark wanted Sean's to be out with the crowd. Mm-hmm. And so his location was right on the left, right where people would turn and go down the aisle. And he was greeted by fans all the time. And, uh, and he treated them so well. And then on the air, as you know, Bill was expert at drawing the fans in. He would say, he would say something like, um, "Nobody ever said it was going to be easy." <laughs> or, you know, can can right. can can the can the Blazers get this done in the final minute? We'll all find out together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, that Rich, was Sean. Hey, hey, we have we're out of time. We got on this subject late. There's more to unpack here and how he helped you in your career to do all the things you have talked about. Rich, let's do that the next time. we got to take care of some business. Appreciate talking to you and look forward to doing it again. Thanks for making time, and congratulations on all that's gone on for you. Let's do it again soon, Rich. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, John. Rich Burke, our guest. Let's break on 1240 Joe Radio. Hey, gentlemen. The Growler Cafe is taking orders now for their Valentine's Day takeout dinner for two packages so you can bring dinner to her. Simply go to growlercafe.com. That's growlercafe.com. And order dinner for two. Do it now because the packages are limited. Hi, Beaver Nation. This is Damian Martinez, all conference running back and Pac 12 offensive freshman of the year. Damian stays on his feet, turns the corner. Damian's and Collective, the preferred collective of Oregon State Athletics, is a one stop shop for all OSU student athletes and teams to create, optimize, and promote their brand, their name, image, and likeness opportunities. Visit damnationcollective.com to commit. Go Beavs. And picking his way into the end zone, up the middle, Damian Martinez. Touchdown, Beavers. 
Readers of the Albany Democrat Herald voted Stutzman Krupp Contractors the best roofer in the Mid-Valley for 2021 and 2022. As Stutzman and Krupp, they employ a large team of roofers so they get in and get it done, often just one day. Ask about their special winter rates, estimates are free, and there's financing available too. So if you need a new roof, call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. Albin's Plumbing. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. Benton Tractor, we're still doing business the American way. 20 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Hey, even so we're done and we still missed a little bit. Thanks to everybody yeah, for uh, the texts and the calls. We got a little behind with our outstanding guests and our conversation. <laughs> no <laughs> adjective applied. We'll see you tomorrow at 12 at 1130, 11.05. K-E-J-O Corvallis and translator K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.